Here we go. father of Ella Smith so those are my three full-time jobs that's one hell of an introduction you got there um I will go ahead and say off the top that there are two radio stations that play in my car and they are both broadcast from campus yeah and uh 90.3 and 91.9 we love that there's so many connections um you know we're we're really a radio family and have been since now officially we are because WOT is now part of the College of Communication and Information and uh, I couldn't be happier. Todd Steed, you know, who is right now their interim GM, was our first music director at WTK and I've had a long lasting great relationship with him and, and doing business and bands and music and just baseball and lots of other stuff. So it's real exciting. I'm glad you mentioned WOT because I've always been excited. I went back when I got back to to UTK almost 19 years ago, 19 years this October. Uh, one of the first things I did was go to the Daily Beacon, form a media partnership, go to the WOT and form a media partnership because it's just too important not to. But now we're officially with the new dean, uh, Dean Joe Mazur, who's got great vision for the college. We're officially going to be under the college, and one day we'll all be in the same building and just be doing some great things for Knoxville and for students and for everybody and, and continue doing that. So we love those guys. Awesome. And I'm glad to hear that y'all have taken steps to be more uh, literally under one roof. And uh, as far as metaphorically, as also, uh, congrats on the 40 for 40 campaign last year to get the offsite um, uh, station put up the offsite tower. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can listen to the station almost all the way up to the fall it now. Uh, when the weather's good and yeah. the, and the skies, you know, let, let it happen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's great. I it's unbelievable. It. I'm, you know, when I started there at UT um, in '85 at WTK, uh, it was only 128 watts, so you could get it barely to West Town Mall, and then they got up to almost a thousand for a while there. And after I got back, but to be up to 2,500 now watts, and and to be able, to, like you said, I Ella, my daughter plays soccer, and so they played Campbell County High School last fall, yep. and uh, after August we got to, we went up to. The, the new wattage in August of last year, which I got a great story about that too. But, you know, we played Campbell County and downtown La Follette, I hit the <laughs> 90.3 and I'm cruising through listening to WTK, yeah, right. you know. Well, so it's exciting. I, I get, I'm, I'm lucky enough to notice such a difference. Uh, my son lives in La Follette with his mother. So I go up there mm -hmm. pretty often and, you know, it's great to be able to have that and cruise all the way up there. It is. Have to it's cool. Fiddle it's with a, the dial. I call it Logan's Run, that little, you know, drive through 75 up through there. Yep. And it's a beautiful drive, but now I've got a soundtrack the whole way if I need it, which yeah. is, it's nice and going south and, and especially in the Maribel, I'll call it that direction. That's where we're really pushing. Yeah. Sevier County, Blount County, um, a lot of the population's there, population growth is there. True. <clears throat> People who will be here for a long time, we think. So it's an exciting time. And of course we stream worldwide, which we didn't have when I was there. That's for sure. So a uh, little side note about that. Where do you get most of your international listeners since... Well, do you, if you if you have that information, most of Canada, our what your international listeners. You know, I don't know. I'm sure, and I would think UT would know. It's something that, again, one of the great um, things that's getting ready to happen when all these folks come together under the colleges. We're going to have real analytical people. We're okay. have, I mean, it's so. Bring me back in a year, and I'll all let right. you know. Yeah, I'm we can talk about I that. would love to know that too. And you know, we know a lot about the demographics of our listeners, but we should. When I first got back, I was given reports daily, and I haven't gotten reports in years and never got an answer as to why not, as to literally, <laughs> literally seeing where the streams were. And that was way, right. way early in the game, stream game. So I just remember getting a lot of streams out of Ohio, but there are a lot of kids that go to UT whose parents live in Ohio right, yeah. and listen to them. And so, so it's uh, I'm, I'm interested to get that and, and more information, but we do have a lot of streamers because when our stream goes down, the phone rings. and. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> emails and texts and everything. So, well, at least uh, the listener base is really communicative. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's one way to put it, no doubt. And, and when we go through training, that's one of the orientation lessons I give to the new DJs is our listeners love music like I do, like you do. They're music junkies, and they are absolutely happy to tell you about it on the phone. Oh, in I'm more sure ways than one. <laughs> I said, so soak it in, take it in, because they're listening, and that, that's what matters, you know. Yeah. But, uh, it's great. You can learn from them, too, because a lot of those folks have been listening for 40, 41 years now. So, but thanks again. Going back to that forty forty campaign, golly, couldn't do it without Knoxville. Yep, I got one of the I got oh one of the pint gosh. glasses. I had mean, to get wow. it. Wow, couldn't do it with Andy Anderton and those guys and Terrapin and and couldn't do it, you know, without Alliance and so many other people, uh, Chris Morton and uh, Bonnaroo and but we yeah, raised our goal was forty grand. We raised over seventy thousand. Yeah, and, last last number I heard was almost seventy two grand. Yeah, which again, you know, you probably topped out about seventy three. Uh, and so we'll be able to, again, when some of this dust settles with coming under the college, all the others, we'll be able to s- secure a site, hopefully in South Knoxville, we've got scouted out and get our power up even more. So. Nice. So uh, with all that professional uh, area out of the way, which was awesome to hear, uh, what what puts you in radio? What in your personal journey put you here? Oh, that cat looks a lot like our cat, Chummy. Yeah, um, she, she's, <laughs> man, she's a mess. So I know the mood. Um, you know, I grew up in a musical family, uh, athletic family. You know, music and, athlete, and, and sports were big. And so uh, um, musically, my parents were in a, a southern gospel group, uh, four-part harmony. My dad and his brother and their two cousins and my mom played piano. East so, Tennessee? I'm sorry? East Tennessee? Yeah, Upper East Tennessee Greenville, where okay. we grew up there, the Friendly Four. And um, so we grew up listening to gospel. We grew up, my mom played uh, keyboards, I call it, you know, which covers piano and organ at uh, the church we grew up in, Lutheran Faith, and still am here at St. John's in town. Um, so I grew up around music, and we would listen to music. And in Upper East Tennessee, you got a lot of bluegrass and old-time music, so I grew up around that a lot, too. And so I loved music. My two older brothers turned me on to a lot of music, especially the James Browns, the Otis Reddings. Oh, as, as older brothers Stones, are good for. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, force-fed it, and gladly so. And then we listened to a station in town in Greenville, WGRV, who had a, a DJ by the name of Bill Mitten. He went from went by the name of Lone Ranger, and I've got some of his interviews with James Brown and others that we played on WTK. So he was a big mentor to me and a big, well, big idol to all of us. He was like that, you know, not quite a Wolfman Jack style uh, with his voice, but he had that 50s DJ kind of, you know, it's a party every time you listen thing. Yeah. And then... Um, I just love music. I would listen to stations, you know, locally and in the Tri-Cities because we're close up there. But at night, man, you know, when the sun would go down, uh, the low-power stations would go down, and I would listen to WLS out of, out of Chicago, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. out of Indiana. You know, you listen to baseball games in St. Louis and uh, WLSE out of um, uh, Nashville, which was amazing. And so you get to hear those, and you hear songs and stuff you you don't get to hear during yeah, the daytime. Like things that don't get to play with yeah. an earshot for you. Yeah. yeah. So I fell in love with radio because radio would take me there. And so uh, when I was 16 at Greenville High School, I was in a class that, that, that was part of the World's Fair. And we were one of the very few high schools in the state picked out for it. It was, had a vocational lean to it. So you could kind of figure out what you might want to be doing and go. You would We did an internship along with our academic stuff. And I picked the radio station, WGRV. So I was 16. And... Um, so you've really been at this, like, yeah, mo- most of your life. Yeah. yeah, and picked it that day, went in that day. They trained me on some things and uh, offered me a part-time job, so I was getting paid and getting credit. So it was the best of both worlds. But uh, the station was uh, more top 40-ish, um, had a blast, learned a lot, and uh, would sneak on things like the Pretenders and B-52s and Hendrix at night when the general manager was in bed. And I got to sneak <laughs> that on in Greenville, Tennessee, of all places. But... What really hit me as a kid, 16, 17, is the influence that station had on my town. Mm. Um, Greenville and Green County in general, is it's a bit, very large land mass county. Population so, density is kind of low. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm from Hancock County, yeah, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're from Sneeville. That's <laughs> yes, right. Sir, you're that's just a right. couple of counties over. Uh-huh. And it's very rural. So very a lot good. of it is farmland. So there isn't a lot of people 
Like way more cows. Way more cows than people. Yeah, and churches. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you know, growing up back there, 16, it just it showed me you know, Greenville High baseball and basketball, football and basketball on there, play by play. You know, unbelievable how many people would listen. 1230 every day, Maxine Humphreys would do the news for more than 50 years there. The town would shut down. From my mamaw's house on one side of the county, mamaw Crabtree, to my mamaw Smith on the other side of the county, at 12.30, everybody would shut down and listen to local news to hear whose baby was born and who was in the funeral parlor that night. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you so you sit there and you see that. We have a fire siren that would go off and there was a fire in town. And first thing people would do would tune to the radio station because we would tell the location mm-hmm. of the fire. I mean, the whole town would. And if people missed it, they'd call and call and call. And, but the ironic part of that, it was an insurance company that, that sponsored that location announcement. <laughs> and then at the end of that, we would tell people, please don't follow the fire trucks, even though we just told them where to go. Right, yeah. And it's just like, you know, you look on that. But again, we did swap and shop. And my gosh, man, the amount of commerce going through there. And so things like that hit me in a way. I'm like, you know, this is much bigger than just music. So you, so. you got firsthand view on how that could be an information hub, not just something for entertainment. I mean, not just an information hub, but something vital to the day-to-day life right. of so many people because of that information, because of the Sunday church programming, you know, because of UT football, because we we had that on. Of course. Uh, we had Tennessee State News debotomy the hour um i think we did cbs news at the top so yeah and and uh it was just something it was local it's still local they're still there doing you know great things that's why local radio will never go away ever that's why right. we're as local as we can be for one good reason uh but i learned at a great place under great people and the really cool part i'm glad maybe ironically this uh we've been waiting to do this for so long but <laughs> yeah let's, uh, let's let's give some context on that real quick i'll yeah, talk to you about this well one. the guy who was... real quick and i'll leave this guy who hired <laughs> me his name was ron metcalf and um Ronnie Metcalf and uh, his dad, P.O. Metcalf, Paul, they owned WGRV, Radio Greenville. And then so uh, he hired me when I was 16, and he was the boss, and and Ronnie was. And so uh, he had a son uh, later on in life who was a little younger than me. I worked at that station for a few years, and uh, I didn't really work with him because he was too younger. But now his son just started on WTK. Oh, man. So the, his the, his grandfather hired me, and now he's coming full circle to me. Oh, that feels great, it's, it? Oh, it's freaking incredible. Yeah. And he said last weekend his dad, his uh, mamma, uh, uh, Ronnie's widow, um, his mother, they were all driving around Greenville listening to him on because he had voice tracked it, recorded it so he could go home and see him. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they came up, but he said they were listening to it and just loved it. Oh, and, that's uh, amazing. Music's a lot different. They're country <laughs> now, and we're who we are. So, but man, that's just a that's a it's a great but typical story out of that basement, man. It's pretty yeah. cool. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that that's come some degree of full circle. It's really neat. Yeah, that's awesome. So I've been at it a while. <laughs> right, uh, but yeah, I I, tr- I sent you a message. I think uh, like in the middle of the summer last summer. So we've been, if not before, if, if not the spring, because uh, we talked about Ella's driver's license. Yeah, so it's it's that been was a minute. Sixteen. Yeah, that was now September. Oh, so yeah. maybe maybe uh, maybe eighteen months ago or so. Mm-hmm. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now that out of all the guests I've had in the show, you're the person I've had to chase the longest. <laughs> But I've had some people that are pretty close, so don't, uh, you know. I appreciate it. (laughs) You're not far lengths ahead, but you're ahead. Yeah, I stay pretty busy, and I have to apologize, but, um, you know, staying busy keeps me out of trouble. That it does. uh, And uh, and I'm glad to get out. Anytime I get asked to do these things, I try to do it, uh, at least so somebody can catch some of these stories or stuff, you know, before things, everything goes away. And uh, But it's just a good, again, like I said, it's your part of the... uh, internet universe and that's just that's so cool one of the great things of the yeah. internet so anytime we can help facilitate that or i can specifically well I, enjoy I, it. I always appreciate time and energy when people sit down and meet me in the middle on a on an earnest or enjoyable conversation yeah. sometimes most of the time both well and, and also i did a bluegrass show at uh, woodson's mall in the fall for a few years so i'll do anything to help you because uh, <laughs> <laughs> i've spent enough time up there to know it's, it's a lot like my ta- you know, hometown oh, a whole uh, lot you know and you i know, wouldn't have traded growing up 
for anything and where I where I grew up. So yeah. I, uh, Sneedville did me quite well. Yeah, and that's then right. I, and then yeah. I left. <laughs> Sneedville then Sneedville then you spend time in La Follette as well. So you yeah, I definitely. can't I can't get away from rural East Tennessee, but, but I live in a, in a decent sized city now. <laughs> yeah, Sneedville something else. I got uh, Toby Gibson on you know Toby. Oh man, yeah, I I enjoy that man a lot. I won't get too far off, but I get I book him at a, a marino that I book and uh, man, just a great guy, good guy, and he's good a, music. He's He's in the rotation to be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, a good dude. He is. I enjoy him quite a bit. I try to go see him when he's around town. And Jamie Martin's one of my all-time favorites, so might as well get that out there. Right, yeah. (laughs) It's hard to mention people and not talk about Jimmy Mm -hmm. Martin. Uh, I saw Jimmy Martin at the... the um, LMU Rail Splitters Arena, mm, just yeah. just after Old Brother Huerta came out when he went oh, on tour with with yeah. the family and all that. Who was he? Used to put them shows on up there. I don't guy, know. It was a guy. Oh, he was a trip. My dad pretty much picked me up by the scruff of the neck and said, "Hey, son, we're gonna go watch this." And you know, at the time, I was. 12, 13, kicking yeah. and screaming, shit, I don't want to go. Rah, rah, rah. But now, looking back on it, it was, a, it was a damn fine experience, and I was privileged and happy. You know, looking back on it, hindsight being 2020, I had, yeah. a, I had a good time. He's the king of bluegrass. <laughs> yeah, I got some great Jimmy stories. He was awesome, man. He was, he was, you know, as him and the Stanleys are as good as it gets in my world in the world of bluegrass. So. Agreed, agreed. And there's and there's signs up all over Sable to let you know where you're at. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can't get lost, and, and you you're always going to know who's what around there. So what? Um, so what? What influences from then do you carry into how you operate a radio station now? Uh, great question. Best answer: local. You know, local, local, local. In every Keep way. it local. Every way. You know. I remind, I'm a reminder to DJ yesterday, I'm like, tell the weather forecast at least once every couple hours. I'm like, just think of that because I have my phone in my hand. I'm like, that's one less time if they're listening to you driving, they got to pick up the phone and look at it, which is not good to do. Right. I'm like, little things like that, you know, make radio vital. Um, and so, yeah, the local angle, um, you know, obviously mixing some sports in, but that also gives my guys so much experience that right. you know, we're just so privileged to have there at the University of Tennessee. That's and it would be hard to ignore sports. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Um, and again, uh, the effect that it has on people and, and what it can and, and that, you know, we've got a board there. Our, our, we got Love for WTK board. Uh, bulletin board at the station that we, it reminds our students we get uh, thank yous and emails and stories even about us helping other organizations other nonprofits especially and so you know we did that at WGRV and, and I've done it all my life growing up and so we make it and we used to by law have to do it through FCC law at radio stations but deregulation in the Reagan years took that away so a lot of nonprofits suffer because of that so we make sure I do to push, you know, helping, using that radio signal to help organizations yeah. that need that help. We work a lot with Joy Music School. We do Community Shares, uh, Second Harvest Food Bank, you know, a few others. And um, uh, you've got to do that. Every good community does. And we remind them of that on that board. And that's something that followed me as well from all those years and uh, growing up through all those years and, and just, you know, having fun. I mean, those, we used to have fun. We'd go work the county fair. And then, you know, the greasy pole climb. I mean, it <laughs> yep. sounds like something from a National Lampoon skit or something, but it was awesome, you know. Listen, yeah, and the meet your match is the meet your match. Everybody came in and they'd come by the, our booth at WGRV and meet your match. And so you'd have a number. <clears throat> you know, you can write your name on it as a number. And uh, you'd wear this badge or pin, and everybody'd come up and look at your number, make sure that if, if you had the same number and you met your match, you go back and get a prize. I'm like, today people get hit in the nose. <laughs> people be looking at their number. I'm like, it's just so different. But it was great to just be them in the middle of that community with that yeah. radio station and seeing the effect it had both in town and and out there in the in the in the farms, literally. So good stuff. And still, hopefully, bring them. You know, to, to obviously to the table today, WTK. We try to try to do all that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to refrain from play, pra- praising you the entire episode, but y'all do a great job, and and I really appreciate it. So, well, it's thanks. you know, and I and I appreciate that, and and things like that. Those Knoxville finest awards. I mean, my goodness, but it just shows we got great students doing great things. We have for years, and I tell them the better y'all get, the better it makes me, better it makes the station. Yeah. I'm like just, but they just love it, and uh, the ones that get down there and get it and understand it and and get something out of it for them, which all of them can if they apply themselves, and so. Along the way, we're trying to give Knoxville something, it you know that nobody does and has for a long time, and and that's what we'll continue to do. And uh, I tell people it's a lot like the weather in East Tennessee. If you hear a song you don't like, it's getting ready to change into something that'll make your day. <laughs> right. And I mean, it's something we got something for everybody. Um, and so that's I appreciate that, but it's it's a lot of hard work too. Oh, definitely. You know, so but so good good rewards. <laughs> So you have a forty-hour work week, right? Uh, some yeah, <laughs> have uh, about three of them. Yeah, I mean, about you know, three of them. <laughs> it depends. You know, if you know, if my DJs show up, if the equipment works, you know. But in radio, again, you know, you want to get out and you want to work events and you want to take that brand. What we say, take the brand out of our basement, get it out there in front of our listeners, out there in front of people, and so because of that and. Totally accept that, but was one of the reasons I got a concert promotion. Um, you know, I work weekends as well and do those events and stuff, not like we used to, but we'll get ready to get back into that when students get back even more. And I've got more students getting involved in that too, because it's a legitimate vocation now. Yeah. Event planning and promotion. Is, yeah. I mean, look at all the event rooms in, in Knoxville, just, you know, down central. And so, um, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, whew, uh, it's, it's interesting stuff. And it, and it, and it, Every day is, can be a new, you know, something new there. So. And and that's one of the things you love about it. Yeah, it keeps you it, you know, it keeps you guessing and wondering to see. But I guess the biggest thing, literally, that I get out of it. I mean, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to work with music and musicians and people I know in this community so much. But man, when you get that student that gets in there and the light goes on and you see it go on in their eyes and like. This is what I want to do the rest of my life. You know, that's that's why I do it. And it's done that. Obviously, for me, it did it at WGRV. But when I got to WUTK my sophomore year, it really did it. Yeah. And I've seen it do it for my friends when I was there. Seen it do it went for so many students when I was a grad student running it. And now 19 years as October. It's, you know, a countless number of students who've gone on to do great things and still are. And uh, whether it's radio broadcasting or not, it's something they springboarded from that station into doing. Right. And uh, and realized it early on and just kept getting better and better and better at whatever it is we had to offer that in that field or whatever they wanted to do. And right now we're offering more than we ever have before uh, as far as opportunities, social media, event planning, production, music, sports, podcasting, you know, production, sales, promotions, on and on and on and on. So uh, you're really trying to immerse all all of your staff and students into every single aspect of this industry as best you can. Yeah, and I think nothing's better evident of that than I'm hoping people are hearing less and less of me on the spot. You hear (laughs) because used to, you know, I was on like every other one every day all the time and now i've got students doing i mean for my class that i teach and from the station of course and that's one obvious way i hope folks are understanding and seeing what we're doing there some i've been trying to get done for a long long time yeah and when literally covid um a lot of the students i think hit the refresh button when covid hit and realized the clock's ticking and I've got to do some shit to, to yeah. get myself ready for the real world smack upside the head. And we remind them of that, you know, and, and, uh, because of that more and more have come back. So I've had to create more opportunities because yeah. I don't want to turn any of them down. I don't want them to go. Cause that would say, be the worst thing. Turn them down. Yeah. Cause you know, in college it's, you know, if I say come back next semester by next semester, they found two or three other options, right? There's so many things to do now. And so uh, we we try our best to divvy the time out to give them just enough to, you know, for the time they're down there to get them to keep improve something they can keep improving at, but also as a service to the station. And uh, and it looks good on the resume, as they say. So. Always, uh, variety always looks good on the resume. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so what what are some things that you personally have been proud of in your radio career? Mm-hmm. Whether they're uh, you know, affiliated with WTK or UT or not. Like yeah. this is personal yeah. accomplishments oh, wherever yeah. they happen. 
Uh, well, yeah, that's a good one. Well, you know, again, just starting in radio when I was 16 and, and, you know, having great friends in it, like my buddy Nathan Hubbard, who's still back at that station, is great. Helping get WDVX up and going and, and getting it, getting money and coming into it, you know, getting some financial stability from the start and getting a lot of artists connected to that station. But when it was still and attest to basically much less just barely on the air so it's a great and i love what tony's doing and what they've all done and it's just so satisfying to me to see that because that came from sopping the gravy which you know was our show at woodson's mall and la follette and and ultimately ended up on wdbx which is our bluegrass show i did for years so which was a lot of fun and uh you know being able to interview some of the giants uh, like Ralph Stanley, like Doc Watson, on and on and on, and hang out with Jimmy Martin and things like that. It's just, yeah, you it, can't, it's mind blowing to me. No, it just, you know, now a lot of that goes back to my promoter days too. But radio wise as well, um, again, just getting WTK. Well, you know, um, helping to flip. Uh, what was then um, uh, WFIV or turned into WFIV in Farragut. It was a station that, again, another great thing. Thanks for reminding me. 100.3 The River. My God, how could I forget? That was, you know, that was that was a, a dream job, a dream team in radio. Too, it was almost like the Beatles. It was too, too good to succeed in a market like this, yeah. basically, I think. And so... Uh, but that was, I mean, being a part of that crew and who was all, who was there was just, and the things we did, uh, both in the studio and in the, and the community as well. And, you know, during nine 11 and all, I mean, just so many things. So, you know, it was great there as well. It was cool flipping to FIV, making it from an 80 station to a triple A station as well. Um, and then getting back to WTK and, and, getting it back to the mission that it was signed on for 41 years ago as being a student lab that, you know, that's what we've done. I mean, that's what it took me, a, you know, a couple of years to really get back going again because it had become a little cliquish kind of hangout for just a few people. And, yeah. uh, and, and obviously you could tell from the programming uh, and that wasn't the student's fault. There was no supervision. There's no lifeguard at the pool. So <laughs> of course there was a lot of piss in the pool. Nobody <laughs> right, wanted to go yeah, swimming. Yeah. So, I mean, I hate that analogy, but that that was it. Nobody wanted to come and be a part of it. And so, so you know, get, get, getting that on, um, you know, musically, uh, interviewing Mike Watt, who was in the Minutemen and was a fire hose at the time. And he, he said, fuck, four times. You gotta keep your hand on a button. It was huh? just such a natural word for him. Such a natural. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen any. Well, I have. I've had fire, but but they, they've not said it. But, I mean... It, even if I warned him, he wouldn't. He, yeah, he just right. couldn't. Right. Know, he just dropped it so much. <laughs> you know, I did a really fun and incredible interview with Mitch Easter, you know, who interviewed R.E.M. with Richard Lloyd from television, which there was a lot going into that, and it, and it really turned out magical. I mean, it was amazing, and, you know, he's, you know, just a, an incredible figure in American rock and roll. And so... Um, I could go on with interviews and performances and stuff, but you know, just the main thing is making that station stable at WTK and bringing the listeners in and, uh, you know, obviously trying to help the community out as much as we can, but, um, making it to the student lab successful, incredibly successful student lab. And when I say incredibly from the ratings we have nationally from, uh, the, the local awards, you know, we get that recognition and we earn it, I think. And so to get to that point, which is why Dr. Sam Swan hired me 19 years ago, this October, uh, is obviously, I think the big, and then to be able to maintain it, even when our funding was stripped, (laughs) Um, and I guess I'll have to throw in helping getting Super Drag back together this year. That was yeah, pretty that was, good. That was, that was a yeah. pretty fun accomplishment, yeah. especially because the deal was struck at a UT baseball game, which <laughs> I can't. That's, that's some inside like baseball that. right there. Uh, oh, man. That was, <laughs> that's just where, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't play golf. I never have. I got friends back home who are great, incredible golfers. And that's, and that's so, one of the ways they network and do like, the thing. They're yeah, like, most business deals are made on the golf course. Well, let's change that to the ballpark. Right. So, 
uh, and especially now that they're beer on campus, so it made yeah. it even easier. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was cool, and it was a magical night there at the festival, and me getting there on time to be able to introduce the band and all. It was a r- really cool night, and those guys are just so freaking good, so good. Yeah, it. I'm glad they were able to do a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, what are some now that now that we've asked about accomplishments? I'm going to ask about the uh, the flip side of that. What are some missed targets? Miss targets, yes. man. That's tough because I'm a competitive guy, <laughs> and well, uh, I, like I the might duality miss, of- I might miss a target, but I'll circle my ass back around again and make sure I hit it next time. Well, um, then maybe I should ask, what so, are you working on to circle back to? Yeah, you know, uh, well, we've got you know, I, we've got a uh, auto, some new automation program, and we've been trying to get in for three years, and just trying to make time to do it because it takes a lot of time and attention. That's one where I keep kicking myself in the butt, not like. You know, you sure you got this done, but like, you know, you got any time, you got any time, and I just don't right now and, and haven't, but we're getting there. We're getting there again. All that's getting there as well. And it's going to be a really cool automation system. It'll have a song play now, read out, and a lot of other cool things. That if our students are sick uh, or if a COVID epidemic comes again of such, um, they can do their shifts from the dorm rooms. Oh, nice. So it's, it it's linked that way. Yeah. It's what happened over COVID. It's, yeah. It, I mean, the automation system became so much better, and, and rightfully so. And so now we've got one ready to go. So not getting the time, but it's you know it's just trying to get that and find that time, obviously. But um, no, I mean, you know, I wish we could have kept 100.3 The River on the air. That was amazing. But that was a corporate buyout of a local company, and there's nothing you could do. Yeah, the, the power really of the beat horrible. got you on that one. Yeah, it was horrible, actually. It was ridiculous. Um but I mean, gosh, I mean, nothing really jumps out at me, you know. They're um, well, that's a luxury. Being yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I I guess the biggest regret is when they they took our funding away. You know, when I was there the first few years back, I got back first four years at there being WTK. I spent about seventy five percent of my time with the students, twenty five percent brand strengthening, funding, you know, raising money because they were funding us yeah. at the time, our salaries and our benefits, and. Um, and then when they took that away, that flip-flopped. And that's just so freaking unfair to the students. Because yeah. that's why I'm there. That's my priority, not to raise money. My priority is to get them ready and to make sure that what they read about upstairs, they come downstairs and do. And to be able to do that as effectively as we did those uh, first four years after that, I don't know if I've been able to or not, but but been busting some ass to make it happen, and and um, uh, had a lot of turnover working down there, which is tough in the other positions where I work with, um, uh, for so many reasons. Uh, most of them good that they go on to get better stuff. So, but uh, it, it just other than that, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, not not really. It's. It's good that that's a short list. And there's some students I really wish, you know, didn't didn't fell out. Yeah, I really wish that, you know, um, they had some other issues within their family where they didn't get to come back to school and things and things like that. To see that, I mean, we go through we're we're from freaking counselors down there from time to time with these students, and people don't understand that either. And we get pretty close to some of them. So when they don't get to finish that dream of going to UT and getting a degree that's it that's stinks. disappointing yeah you know just have to sit there and watch it as even if you did as much as you could to help or did you you sometimes right. ask so you're bound to beat yourself up over something every now and again yeah yeah it's, something it's like that human. especially like what could I have done mm-hmm. what more could we have done as a station etc so well I guess one of the luxuries of having a really robust program now is that there's less of that that happens yeah uh, the, like I said the, the problem now is finding positions for all of them uh, we had 90 students last semester which is more than it, I mean we hadn't seen those numbers in, in at least 10 years um and so we had to find places for them. So we doubled up a lot of the DJs, which they end up liking that because they're a lot less nervous when they got a partner to right. lean on. And then, yeah. you know, by the end of the semester, at least they're talking back and forth about stuff and they're comfortable enough to make it conversational and all, yeah. which is pretty cool. But that, no, it's, I mean, wow, it's the, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how many come, come in this year, but, um, We've got so many different positions and opportunities now with social media going like it is with our podcast. First thing I did after COVID was put a podcast studio in. 
Yeah. Feeding wolves. I mean, well, it's just, yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, that's when I started. Uh, yeah. Totally yeah. when I started. Because the, the, the way it clicked in my head is that, you know, I, I enjoy that Knoxville is as embracing to its own creativity as, as it is expressive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, shit, what are we going to do? Uh, First Friday's not a thing now. We can't go out and look at bars, restaurants that have music because bars, restaurants aren't a thing. Yeah. Um, so so what do I do to help the random person discover creativity here in town or, you know, their next favorite artist or musician or whatever? You know, how, how can I put that in front of somebody? Yeah. And this was the way I could manage to do that. And, you know, luckily I'm networked enough to know a lot of really creative people and a lot of people that enjoy being creative people and like to talk about how they do or why they do what they do. Yeah. And uh, it's it's been a privilege to sit here and put a microphone in front of people's faces and see what they say. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I, you know, just because the situation of the world changed doesn't mean I was wanting to stop. So I just kept at it. And, and honestly, this will probably be episode 61. I try to wow. do two a month and this is year three so this wow. is we're right in the middle of year three right killer now. well that's great you do it and great you you sit and get people's stories and talk about it and and give them the credit i mean i really appreciate the credit you're giving me tonight it wouldn't have done it without my parents showing me what hard work is a long time ago you know you grow up you probably know you grew up cutting and hanging tobacco i've done it you yep. you Bailed really, hay throwed hay you, all the you things you sure as hell appreciate a job like that yeah yeah and so <laughs> you know and, and little things like that you, you learn early on you know but um it's good to uh I, I mean, it's good to give those folks the credit they deserve there's a lot of folks trying to make this happen in here well, we got to make happen we got to get some sort of consortium together or something to get an ex i mean an extensive live music calendar that's totally updated mm-hmm. totally i know it's got to be fluid because things happen but you know boy you're talking about helping the scene well, right the, now the new the new the knoxville mix that's mm-hmm. the current like blast email list right. with all the events right yeah but there's still a lot you know i mean i'm like I'm talking like metropolis calendar yeah. and i worked at metropolis i know how freaking hard oh logistically that that's uh you're sisyphus all the time i mean crazy <laughs> but in a town like this right now man it's unbelievable it's great i mean you know it's something we've all wished for for years and i've worked hard in a lot of different ways you know want to see it happen and it's cool to see it happen so well i know whenever the concert calendar in the mix ads come up that I'm, I'm reminded to go check out the stuff. And I usually do once I'm out of the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what we try to do is, you know, stir some curiosity and, and, uh, make sure people you know, get out there and support it. We do it three times a day. We did yeah. this when I was a student there. And so I brought that back 19 years ago this October. So, nice. uh, and, uh, absolutely. It also, <laughs> Something frustrating is students don't get out and support live music like they used to. Yeah. Mainly because there's just nothing on the strip club-wise, live music-wise. You know, my I, I was hanging out with my grandpa the other day, and he graduated from UT in 69. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, he... Um, Crazy time. Yeah. Uh, my great-grandfather was a horticulture instructor there in the 50s, too. Oh, so I've, wow. I've got a little bit of history yeah. with the university. Um but he asked me the other day, he said, hey, Thomas, what's the strip look like now? And I just looked at my feet and went, I don't even want to talk about yeah, it. <laughs> just a canyon, you know. Yeah. I mean, the shows I saw the strip. I mean, the first two times I saw the chili peppers were on the strip. Oh, like, man. Just, Where I did mean, they, the chili peppers? Mm-hmm. Where did yeah. they play on the strip? Uh, so, 83, 40, 45, I guess it was 84. Uh, Five or eighty six, they played at a place called Gabby's, and it's where the Verizon's. Well, no, Crystal's is where the Verizon store is. So, it would have been down. I guess where Moe's is now. Okay, about. yeah, on that block. Uh, it was a little place, you know, tiny place, <laughs> and um, it was mind freaking blowing. And um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but you know they they were i mean this was you know the hardcore of school you know way back yeah and so uh uh anthony kiddis wore his american flag pants but i swear i think they came out and did the encore with with socks on their cocks that show oh uh, one of those i, I think it was fire <laughs> yeah, fire by Jimi hendrix and then that's amazing um, yeah and then um and then let's see that was let's see eight three four four five so that was 85 i believe or 86 right in there um 
And about 87, maybe, another year later or two, they played down at the old Library U Club, which is it's some kind of club now. It's right next to where Panera used to be. Panera's bought out now, too. But, um, you know, just an amazing show. Band called Fetching Bones opened up. It was August. We'd just gotten back into school. So all was, the energy. Yeah, everybody was in town. I mean, it was a party. It was crazy. Um, and it was an incredible show. And, oh, I can only um, imagine. I guess the third time I saw them was Mother's Day, uh, 87, 88. They were Alumni Jam. Great, great Alumni deal. Jam. Mother's Day. It was Thelonious Monster, the best of the West tour. Thelonious Monster, Fishbone, and Chili Peppers. Incredible oh, my God. <laughs> at Alumni. Alumni Jam shows were amazing. Saw you two there. Um, and then there was, uh, so that was like, you two played the alumni. <laughs> yeah. Opened up for Jay Giles band. Oh my and, God. Uh, and then I saw him, uh, the next time was mother's milk tour. And that's when Chad Smith came out and hung in the studio. He, it was his first tour with them. Yeah. And they played at what was called old, then it was called the convention center, but it was downstairs, the old holiday Inn, which is now I don't anymore what it's called Marriott maybe. Uh, but yeah, I've seen him a bunch of times. Like I said, got to hang with Chad a lot. Took him out after the show uh, to the old city, and he was just really, really cool. And uh, uh, you know, seen him a lot. They used to come through Knox a lot. And then, like I said, yeah, you too. Opened up for Jay Giles in '82, March Man, of '82. I would love to see the list of uh, concert and events that happened at Alumni Hall. Unreal. Uh, there's probably a good. You know, composite of it out there. Jack Styles is one that booked a lot of it. He's at Raven Records and Rarities. He'd tell you a bunch. I was at a hell of a lot of them. I can tell you that. Right. Uh, you know, God, Stevie uh, Stevie Ray. I was snowed in between Greenville and here. So I missed <laughs> that one. On, but I saw him on Halloween. It was as as uh, Valentine's weekend '84, and then he came back Halloween '85 or '86. Played the Coliseum. It was great. But yeah. U2 opened up for Jay Giles. At that time, nobody really knew who U2 was. Right. Um, but <laughs> Because Stewart, they were still opening. Yeah, but, <laughs> but Rolling Stone had just come out with a little blurb on them calling on the next Beatles, you know, and we're like, whoa. Doesn't get so, a lot better than that. No, and, and Rod Stewart was in town that night, and he's playing the <laughs> sold-out Civic Coliseum. Yeah. So U2 went over there at Soundcheck and jammed with Rod's band. And then they come back, and, I mean, nobody again knew who they were. And from the first song, Bono jumped out in the crowd, I Will Follow, and blew everybody away from then on. I think I lost hearing in my left ear that night. Um, <laughs> he was unbelievable. Got on stage, jumped on speakers, doing like Bono does, imitated Rod Stewart, you know, said an Irishman will do anything for a laugh. Um, <laughs> and just, they killed it. I mean, just, it's unbelievable. You knew you were watching something. And yeah. then Jay Giles came on and just slayed it. I love it. I'm a big Jay Giles fan. And, you know, they're a great, great, one of the greatest American rock bands. And so a lot of people call them the American Rolling Stones. And the Stones are my favorite. But Jay Giles band rocked it too. And those were alumni gym shows. Yeah, tiny well, old basketball gym. That's right. all it was. And, and I've, and I've, I've seen basketball games there. So what did that yeah. place sound like for if a show? you've got a lot of people in there and as a decent sound guy, it'd sound really good. It could sound really good. Like I said, that U2, I was on the third row. Right. So that helped. Uh, but, um, man, they used to sound good. The clash played there, uh, after Mick left, but still it was that cut the crap tour, um, B-52s twice. Like I said, um, got to interview Joan Jett there. She played there. One of the nicest artists I've ever met, talked to, interviewed in my life. Was well, Joan Jett. for folks that don't know what Not alumni hall is, uh, it's, it's, it's an old gymnasium complex that was on campus. They tore it down, what, like 15 years ago? They didn't tear it down. They totally renovated it. So it was an old, old, like Lady Vols play there, men play there years ago. It held maybe 3,000 people. Yeah, it wasn't huge. With the floor, if you let people stand on the floor. But it was a balcony, mm -hmm. and it was just an old-school gym. I mean, old-school, like Hoosier's gym. And so they totally renovated it, and now it's like a sit-down 900-seat capacity venue okay it's sweet but it ain't it ain't know. the same now yeah it's not the place i saw thomas <laughs> dolby the stray cats the bus boys twice 
you know, I mean, great, great, great shows. Uh, and like I said, yeah. The Clash, B-52s twice. Yeah, I'm going to have to dig into that and see what I can find. Mm-hmm. Cause now, now, now that you tell me these things, I'm insanely well, curious. Jack, he can get you a good start on it. He's like I said, he booked a lot of those bands. He took a lot of my damn money back. <laughs> well, a good concert promoter will do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they won't be doing it long. <laughs> uh, so where, uh, where does your creative drive, professional drive kind of stem from? What pushes you to make the station and push your creative output for the station? What, what yeah. motivates you to I do mean, these I, you know, I mentioned it earlier, obviously, and that's the, the, you know, I grew up in an athletic family. We played athletics. My dad was a coach, and so we're very competitive, you know, four boys. Uh, so you know, we're spaced out a few years, but still four boys you know my poor mom <laughs> right. and um, so very competitive you know growing up very competitive played ball everything basketball baseball football baseball was my first love um so that's a you know i get a drive out of that no doubt i get a drive out of the fact that we got three of the best non-commercial radio stations in america right here the wotwdvx and us yeah and that we can kind of give the middle finger to commercial radio every oh, for day sure. because of how kick-ass we all do. You have the flexibility to do that. Yeah, and I love a lot of people on the commercial side of the dial in this town, and I hope they hire my students. Uh, and they know I love them, and, and, you know, and I listen to their stations too. I, you know, it might be some of the way their companies do business I don't like, and I've been through that personally. But at the same time, it's just neat uh, non-commercial. I just That's who I listen to in this town most of the time, so... Um, you know, so, so that's kind of fun, but you know, again, it also goes back to just seeing those students that come through that identify that place as this is my place on campus. Right. Uh, I mean, it's a safe space literally for a lot of students in a lot of ways. I mean, I've been, I've conducted two wedding ceremonies of couples who have either met down there or worked down there. Um, and they asked me to, to, you know, conduct their wedding. That's awesome. Because, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> a little magic in that basement, I guess, but it's those students. And, and when they realize it and you go, Whoa, man, you know, that's, you know, and, and that's the biggest, biggest thing. I also love, you know, um, um, being able to, uh, you know, UT athletics, you try to be the best. Well, mm-hmm. I tell my guys, I'm like, that's what we're trying to do too. You know, I mean, Pat Summy, God, I miss her so much. Same. She would come over, you know, her office is right across the street from the state. She would come over and let us interview her all the time. I'd get to talk to her. And we talk about how what we did was so close, you know, like I'm almost like a coach too because I got these – Ideally, I get them when they're freshmen, and I right. help them get better. And by the time they're a senior and they graduate, they're playing their best ball. They're doing their best radio. But, you know, she told me, you know, she's quote she's famous for, how her dad told her one time, and it's simple, but it's so freaking true. And, I, you know, if you're going to do something, do it right. Do it right. Don't spend your time just doing it. Do it right, man, all the way right. And that's, and, and you know, if you watched what she did and how she did it, that in that's what she's doing. Yeah. And um, that's what I try to do, you know. And so I get a big drive out of that. But again, well, <laughs> being on that campus is a drive, no doubt. That's that's uh, an excellent place to pull inspiration from. There's, there's such a great energy over there right now in so many ways. And uh, everybody benefits from it, you know, no doubt. Um, and some cool things coming. I mean, it's, you know, and we're glad to be right there along with the the moving forward part that's the important part excellent and since this isn't just a podcast about professional outlets uh, this is more about i try to keep things art centric so yeah do you do you have any creative outlets that aren't radio oh man that's a good one because i'm sure that's a question you get all the time yeah Trying to be the best dad I could be, trying to be the best husband I could be. Uh, I do a good bit with my church, um, you know, get great joy out of that. Um, uh, you know, I garden. I have a vegetable garden that's kicking a little ass this year. Oh, yeah. I've perenni- <laughs> got a perennial garden. It's just beautiful. It's named after my mother-in-law and my mother. Uh, my late mother had a green thumb, and I've been blessed to take it with Oh, me. nice. So I've got a nice perennial garden, so I spend time in the garden and outside. I love being outside. Is that, is that something that clears your head, gives you a little yeah, zen? Yeah, out. Yeah, we got a fire pit that we, I dug during COVID, and, man, we've used it so much. So, yeah, being outside, but that, yeah, 
uh, perennial. If I got a bench in there, you can sit in there and just chill, you know. So, um, biking, I love biking. I just, you know, I biked about 12 miles yesterday, went up, um, got on campus. From campus, you can put in and go anywhere, yep. man. Or even from my house where I am, it's unbelievable. Uh, I can get anywhere and everywhere. Um, bike to UT baseball games from where I live. It's pretty fun. So, you know, doing some of that, I guess. And, and But, you know, um, trying to whew, trying to be trying to raise this girl because she's <laughs> <clears throat> she's getting ready to be eighteen and um, uh, you know and the whole world's going to change for all of us and I'm I'm hoping she'll be ready for it and I think she will so she's uh, very proud of her she does great things uh, you know what my do you want to know what my dad told me when I turned eighteen <laughs> he said uh, son you know what this means I said yeah my dad says all kinds of shit so yeah. I said, what, what's it gonna be dad he said you can go jail like everybody else now. <laughs> <laughs> That is daggone true. And I was like, well, shit, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Got, got me there. Yeah. I was expecting something a little more sarcastic, you know, because my dad's got that dry sort of asshole sense of humor that mm-hmm. I've inherited. And, uh, <laughs> and he was just like, yep. And I was yep. like, well, all right. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 18. When I was 18, the drinking age was still 18. Yeah. But then they turned it to 21, so I got grandfathered in. Oh, so you and got I was the lucky. Everybody's best friend. In I college. bet you were. <laughs> but back then, we didn't even have photos on our IDs. So <laughs> you could take a razor blade and move numbers and do all kinds of stuff with it. And not that. Yeah, it's that. not so convenient to do uh, such things now. No, it's a little, <laughs> different, a little different ball game now. You. You know, it's yeah. The uh, cards aren't so simple nowadays. <laughs> no doubt, that's a different time, different university. Uh, it's growing like crazy, you know, uh, as well. Enrollment wise too, so yeah. it's unbelievable. So uh, I don't, I don't. This is kind of current events question. Did you mm-hmm. see that? Uh, what is that? Affirmative, affirmative action was struck down, mm-hmm. and not that I do a lot of current or topical things on this show, but that. Uh, college admissions and, and Yale and the state of California have been sort of circulating in this topic uh, with affirmative action. And, mm-hmm. and as someone who is steeped in college culture, as you are, what uh, do you have any opinions about that? Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty pathetic ruling, frankly, um, that, you know, <laughs> I, you know, there, I could go on. I could go in a really, really big asshole, <laughs> but I'm not going to. But what I will say is. We're still going to make it happen. We're still going to give these opportunities I've, to these kids. I've seen that to be the common yeah, idea. Who, who's, you know, who have been held back in more ways than people want to acknowledge. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to happen. And, and the you know, universities can change the way they do things as well. If the yeah. Supreme Court's going to do that on things that have already been established and there's a precedent, well, then maybe that's going to happen at universities. Right. And, but it's just unfortunate. And... It's a direction this country's going that really bugs the shit out of me, and I, and it worries me every day, and it worries me for my kid. And I don't know, you see Tommy Turboville and the shit he's saying right now. You just, I just don't get it, man. And and uh, I don't, and and wasn't raised that way, and and was hoping we were headed in another direction with this country. But uh, yeah, it you know we work a lot with um, uh, the diversity office. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work a lot with the Pride Center. Um, we work a lot with, we did a, we have two shows have come out of the situations on campus that I thought bore shows themselves. So you got, so you got out loud knocks now yes. and what else? And we've got Rocky top roundup, which okay. is Tuesday night where students come in and talk about any kind of issues students are going through. You know, a lot of it last year was the housing, mm-hmm. the volatile stuff. Which was, yeah, yeah which was yeah. a huge issue. But both were basically born out of, especially when the Pride Center's funding was stripped. Yeah. And there were legislators who the only time, if they even set foot on this campus, is two or three Saturdays in the fall. Right, and for obvious reasons. Yeah, they don't talk to the students, and they don't go sit in our classes and listen to this so-called indoctrination, they say. And so they don't know what these students are going through. They don't know what the Pride Center does for them. One young lady I had uh, from the Mid-State area, and she came out when she was here at UT because she felt like she could. She's from a very, very small town. 
And then when the Pride Center uh, was fun, defunded and they were speaking of having to go dark, um, she came in crying, as did other students, and we saw this, and nobody was listening to them, you know, and uh, they were threatening to pull all this funding for UT and all this stuff, and it just... It was just so unbelievable, you know, being there at Ground Zero, seeing this happen, and yeah. not listening to the students. And I said, "That's it. We're going to do something where they can listen to the students." Well, Social I, media is so buckshot. Yeah. Let's give them an hour Tuesday nights, and then and then Jimmy Holt helped create Out Loud Knox, which obviously helps the LGBTQ plus um, uh, community uh, in general, mm-hmm. and not just on campus. But it kind of came from that too, right. because that's an even bigger issue that it needs its own shows got its own great music and they do a great job with that so but um yeah i just felt they needed to hear the students you know nobody's listening to them so uh that's what those shows do it's they hopefully help people understand that these kids aren't a bunch of entitled indoctrinated kids that are you know skipping through college and right. through life there's there's a lot of shit they go through and you know, th- those shows talk about it and address those issues. Uh, there's there's something I like to say that uh, it's it's really difficult and weird being human, and it's difficult and weird for literally everyone in different ways. And uh, um, you know, when when mm-hmm. when I have a hard time understanding other people, I have to remember that hey, they're human too, and it's weird and difficult for everyone. Absolutely, and, and that's that's about as simple as you can put it. Yeah, I mean, just you know, if you're not going to help somebody, well, at least leave them alone. Right? But don't don't make it harder for them why it just it's unbelievable you know um i have a gay brother who i'm so proud of and love so much and we grew up together hand in hand you know fist to fist (laughs) Um, and and you know it's just so incredible to see this happening what's happening and and to see the effect it's having on him and others and so uh he's probably getting ready to move back to california he's been in tennessee for a while but he's like what do you think? I'm like, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, you right. Know, I understand. understand. So, yeah. uh, but, you know, back to the original question, man, uh, we're going to be there to, defer, to, to to promote diversity, inclusiveness, you know, giving opportunities to students who show a passion uh, and want to be there. And, I mean, I've worked with I've worked with high school students if they show a passion. I've worked with kids from Falcon Radio at Fulton who just do great work. Um, and, uh, you know, I work with those kids from Pellissippi, uh, from ETSU on and on and on. I mean, if they're going to show a passion, we'll put them in there. Yeah. Awesome. That's uh that's the kind of attitude I, I like to hear and, and help give a voice to. Yeah, for sure. Happy to do it. Yeah. So we're, we're creeping up on the hour now and I, cool. I, I normally give people the opportunity to, to, to say, Hey, this is, this is where I'm comfortable. We can kill it here. But so I'll ask you another couple of questions and then we'll round it out. I still got some beer left, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's, I'm going to tell people what I'm drinking today. I'm drinking a Volen beer, Tennessee lager by next level brewing, which is honestly one of my, uh, they're high on my list here in town. They've treated me real nice. I've hosted art shows there. Uh, they, they've always given me free reign with their tap room whenever I come in with all the crazy pictures that I paint. <laughs> I love it. I went first Friday last week. A uh, uh, cousin-in-law of mine has a photo. It was at the Emporium. It was really, really nice. cool. So, uh, I'm drinking a Beard and Brew House right here in Oval City. Still H.O.P. Hop West Coast Style IPA. And it's pretty darn good. Pretty damn good. Where's my... Yeah, I tried that uh, when, before I... Uh, purchased it today and I, I figured you'd like it Ooh, 8.1 said. yeah I like it even better <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't I don't I don't like uh, non-high gravity brews I am about all about quality not quantity exactly so, I would you know. I would rather lift two good ones than 12 bad ones and that's one of the <laughs> one of the endearing things of craft beer oh my god if it it came along at such a great time in my life how, how, pri- <laughs> how privileged are we to live in Knoxville with all this oh, good beer oh my god we were just talking you know earlier Zool I love those guys I love Alliance I love so many of them and the, it's just you hate to see when one goes down uh, like a couple have lately but um, god we're so lucky you can just walk in any direction literally any direction great one you know waiting to serve you um geez it's there's so many of them and uh, and we're so lucky to work with so many of them at the station they're great supporters man but we we love working with them we love doing events with them as well yeah. so. um so two more questions and i'm going to ask you the third finisher question Word. so out of uh out of all the things that you do 
what is your absolute tip top most favorite about doing what you do for a living? Wow. Uh, I mean, you know, most favorite is the fact that, that, you know, the biggest part of what I do revolves around music. You know, everything I've done just about my life other than the athletic part. But I was the guy that brought boom boxes on our van and bus to baseball games and, you know, and the, the first guy on campus with a Walkman and stuff. So, you know, music is there, uh, you know, I guess. So um, oh, what was the original question? Uh, Tip top everything. Um, what was it again? Tip top favorite thing. Working oh, with the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, working with working the kids. Working with the kids has got to be that's, part of that. That's yeah. the priority. Yeah. So that has to be it. And it is. You know, it really, really is because that's why that place is there. People much smarter than me created it 41 years ago. We've just been able to take it to a couple different levels, I think. But, you know, I got into radio originally because of music. I'm still working with music. And it's really exciting because I get to work with especially a lot of the new music, but especially our local music scene. I mean, a lot of what I've done in these years in this market is work with the local music scene. And and I will give you a testament to that. When I told some of my friends I was having you on today, they said, that's a good pull. He's done a lot for music in this town. Well, bless and, him. And your, your efforts are recognized as I've such. taken their money, too, apparently. <laughs> yeah. so, so flip side of that question is, what what's something that you don't really enjoy? I won't say the worst, but what's what really kind of is the hitch well, in the game yeah, sometimes? Well, yeah, no, no, no. It's tough competing. Uh, it's tough running a radio station for a generation that didn't uh, grow up listening to the radio. And a lot of that's commercial radio's fault. Yeah. Straying from the local that I talk about, local, local, local. Um, so, I mean, the, the thing that know. played a lot when I was in the truck growing up was 103.5. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. You know, and Greenville, we had the best of both worlds, WIMZ and WQUT, by mm-hmm. God, out of John City. So <laughs> it's both classic rock stations, yeah. probably both playing Skinner at the same time. Even. I would so, hope. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, but oh wait, going back to the original question there too. What was it? Um, I'm straying now. The hitching the giddy up. What what is the the stick in the crawl? What's the oh thing? yeah, that that you know, not having funding was. But as of July one, you know, uh, the new dean again, great, yep. doing great things, is funding us our salaries and our benefits. So we're still awesome. going to raise money. We don't have to as intensely, but we still want to invest our money in ways that's going to make the station grow as well. So. Uh, so, you know, yeah, having to deal with that as long as we did was just brutal. Yeah. I can but, only but imagine. again, having to convince a generation that didn't grow up with this radio that, Hey, you can make money doing this and it's right. fun. And, but that's a generation as we talked about off mic that, that they're not used to censoring as far as yeah. songs and music. And, you know, they're in the Spotify world, the Apple world where, it doesn't nah. matter. Yeah. And I'm like, time out. <laughs> you know, I'm the like, public yeah. listens to this. <laughs> more and more music has words like that because yeah. of the internet. Because right. Because they know now there's not as many limits to it. That doesn't help my ass much. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they send me an edited version, but you'll right. little drops and stuff. And, you know, we do what we can because that's a big deal. But, you know, that's, you know, having to deal with some of the FCC stuff's tough too. So I, that's a little well, bit of a stick in the crawl. I would imagine having to deal with any federal entity comes with its uh, own frustrations. Yeah, somewhat. You know, I mean, the, they're underwriting rules for what we can say for our underwriting announcements, which is our form of commercials, if you will, right. generically, are so archaic, again, because the lines have been blurred so much. And uh, so, but hey, you know, we're still going to do what they say and, you know, we're going to keep our license. whatever else and, you can. Yeah, because our <laughs> license is to the Board of Trustees of UT, so I, I really don't want to have to go in front of them and answer <laughs> any, any questions, so... All right. So, last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as the well networked man that you are, uh, if you can give me two or three people that you would like to see sit in your seat, who would they be? Uh, to interview for you to yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you to interview. Cool. That's a real good one. Um, oh wow. Let me kind of deep dive into that and see. Uh, have you talked to uh, Gina at Boyd's Jig and Reel? 
No, I have not. Damn, that's a good one for okay. a lot of different ways. Okay. Uh, hell, I, I enjoyed her story she was telling me when I was sitting there drinking a beer the other night. We asked her to retrace all the clubs, bars, restaurants, et cetera, she's worked for. And oh. that's a cool story. <laughs> I bet it is. Yeah, the well alone was just such a cool place. So there's your good one. All right. Uh, and I can get a hold of her if you need. She's so cool. Uh, let's see which other direction we go. Tom Bug, you know Tom? I don't. Tom's been the longtime general manager of uh, Tennessee and BG Theaters. Okay. And great friend, and we work together at Ace Entertainment, and he tailgates with us a lot when we go to games and things and, uh, together. And let's see who might be another one. Uh, and we are thinking mainly this scene again, pretty much. Well, I, right I, this now. is when I'm open to whoever you want to suggest because yeah. I don't know everybody and I'm always on the hunt. So yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah. options. Uh, have you had Russ Harper? I have not. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I should have started with him. <laughs> Yeah, that's he's the grandfather of Knoxville punk, basically. But yeah, he's you know teenage love, teenage love thirteen. I mean, so many bands and just a great guy. He's been a, a teaching um, video out at Pellissippi for a okay. long time now, uh, and he got stories. Uh, well, <laughs> he I'll... brought a lot of bands to town. The Black Flags. The, between him and Camp Childers, another buddy of mine who lives in Brooklyn now was in the STDs. He was part of that. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. Yeah. Which we can say on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now if you see here too, but he was part of that band that I got that 40-year reunion show together with. He helped me do that a lot. Uh, during the 40-40 campaign, a big show we had at Barley's, which is just an amazing night for of Knoxville music too. So, um um, and I think those are the three. I think you can get any, if you can get any of those three, you're doing good. So well, I'll definitely have to, uh, yeah, yank those fucks chain a little mm-hmm. bit and see what happens. Yeah. Gina's a go. She's just, I love her to death. It's, She's uh, awesome. it's, it's like 50, 50 of me, like reaching out to someone I kind of know versus, sure. versus me sending a question into the ether and yeah. seeing what happens. Yeah. And, well, uh, the cool part is all three of those folks are people that you could, easily meet out in public and convince them if you need it but you know tom's getting ready to retire so there's some great stories there i mean my god <laughs> tom and i worked we had a great time working he's a dear friend dear friend so um but yeah those are three good ones there and russ is russ man he's you know one of the icons of knoxville so no doubt uh well benny Thank you for your time yeah. and uh, your company and your conversation have all been stellar. And uh, so are the Bruce. That, yeah, they are. So no doubt. Share. They usually have something um, to do with it. So, uh. Everybody, this has been the latest episode of the KAAMP. Since I didn't do an intro at the top of the show, I'm on <laughs> two one right now. <laughs> this is the Knoxville Area Artist Network and Podcast. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can definitely uh, buy my crazy art on TTW Artworks instagram you can uh share the show via any social media link you care to use and you know sometimes if you've got a captive audience in your house or your car just uh turn it on and put it in your ear holes and see what happens you got one yeah the cat <laughs> she's always she's my captive audience uh had a blast man thanks for inviting me uh, everybody thanks for listening and uh i'll catch y'all in the next one <laughs>